Well, we're going to continue um, in the thoughts that we've been in over the last um, couple of weeks. And uh, as Nimi mentioned in, in our prayer, we've been, over the last few weeks, opening up this thought um, that is going to be so central to our vision and to our journey as a church community over the uh, coming 12 months. And it all orbits around this phrase, kairos, for such a time as this. And we've been talking about the fact of what Kairos stands for, that it literally means an, an opportunity, an opportune moment. We've been talking over the last couple of weeks about the difference between Kronos and Kairos. Kronos and Kairos are two words that are used to talk about time. And Kronos speaks about the actual time that it is. It is the 12th of February 2023 today. That is the Kronos that we find ourselves in. But Kairos speaks of that opportune moment and at family church we believe that we are in a kairos moment amen we, we don't even believe that we're stepping into a kairos moment we don't think that there's a kairos moment on the horizon we know what god is doing we're seeing him at work and we know that today we are in a kairos moment a moment of opportunity a god orchestrated opportunity and we know that god has positioned us for such a time as this now last week we talked about knowing the time that we're in. If you remember, we spoke about the fact that it's a time to be spiritually alert and awake. We spoke about the truth that it's time to arise and shine. We spoke on the, the fact that it's not a time to shrink back, to give in to the fear of this world, to, to give up. And if you miss the message, it's available as always on our media channels. So we talked about the time that we are in and having an understanding of this time. But this week, we're going to look at our purpose and position in this time, in this Kairos moment. Because the God that designs certain moments is the same God who positions people in design moments for his purposes. Let me say that again for those taking notes this morning. The God that designs certain moments is the same one who positions people in design moments for his purposes. God is a God of purpose. Do we believe that this morning? God is a purpose-driven God. And I can say that with confidence because when you read through the pages of God's Word, you see that there's an there's a intentionality to all that God does and a purpose to all that He's about. God is intentional about all things, including your life. And the fact that you're alive today in 2023, part of this generation, living in this part of planet earth and the fact that you're part of a church community called family church haven't at this time in history is no accident i want you to understand that today listen to some of these verses ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 we've looked at this verse uh, a couple of times already in this series it says there is a season there is a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven Isaiah 46 verse 10, God says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. God says, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. God's purposes will always stand throughout the whole of history and into the future. Proverbs 19, 21. Many other plans in a person's heart, but it's the purposes of God that will prevail. God wants us to plan. God uh, talks about what it is to plan, but we've got to understand that it's his purposes that should and will prevail in our lives. When we understand 
that God is a purpose-filled God, that God isn't making it up as he goes along, as we've said over the last couple of weeks, that he's a God of intentionality, that should cause us to realize that there's an intentionality to our lives and that God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. In other words, as I've said many times over the years at Family Church Haven, if you've been with us for a while, you would have heard me say this at one time or another, God hasn't created you just to make up the numbers on planet Earth, okay? It's not like God was making the factory line of humanity and he thought, oh, we've still got some, some clay, what should we make? Let's make one more person or we need to have this many people on planet Earth at this time. No, no, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. There is a reason why you're alive today. And if you're breathing this morning, take a deep breath in and breathe out again. If you're not breathing, then... I was going to say, give us a wave. No, you can't really do that, can you, if you're you're not breathing. But the reason that there's breath in your lungs this morning is because God desires that there would be breath in your lungs today, and he has a plan and a purpose and intention over your life. Listen to these verses, Psalm 139, 13 to 18. Well-known verses, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's Womb. Now we've got Luca here this morning who's less than a month old I believe and he's being crafted by the hand of God and we can see that sometimes when we look at babies but the reality is as grown men and women it's true of your life too that God has created you for a purpose. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Where I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. God wants you to hear this so very clearly this morning. He has created you for a plan and a purpose now I've counseled many people over the years that have grown up being told that they were an accident that they weren't meant to be that they weren't wanted I've journeyed with people who have been the result and came to the earth as a result of rape And that can cause many people, when they've been spoken over, that they're not wanted, that they were an accident, that they weren't meant to be. That can cause people to walk with a misunderstanding and live thinking that there's no purpose or intentionality to their lives when the truth of God's word declares that God knitted you together in your mother's womb. God saw your unformed body. He saw you in the womb before your parents saw the scan. Or for many people in this room this morning, before scans were even created, he saw your body. He saw your life. Every single day of your life was written in his book before one of them came to be. He thinks about you. And it doesn't matter what people have spoken over your life. It doesn't matter what, what, how you've been defined thus far in your life. The truth of God's word has got to supersede what man has spoken over you of what or what situation is determined for you. You have been created by the hand of God. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, this is God speaking to Jeremiah about the specific purpose that he has for him of being a prophet to the nations. But the truth is, this could be spoken over each and every single one of us in this room this morning. Before you were born, God knew you. Do we believe that this morning? Before you were born, God set you apart for the purpose and the plan that he has for you. You're not just here to make up the numbers. There is a reason why you are here for such a time as this. The Bible says that God created you you in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance that you would walk in them that's what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus Acts 17 verse 26 I want us to get this this morning he amplified it says and God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. Other translations say God determined the time set for them and the exact places where they would live. And so as I said on week one of this vision series, it's no accident that we find ourselves serving God in this area called Family Church Haven, in this community and in this church at this moment in time because God is intentional. And yes, we, we represent different ages today and we represent different stages of life and uh, we were born in different places. Some of you are Lee Park born and bred. Others of you are, are further from up north in, in England, anywhere kind of north of Petersfield is proper north, right? Some of you are from a proper up north. Some of you, like me, were born in Europe. I was born in Brussels. Uh, my mum is Belgian. Some of you were born and raised in Africa. Some of you in the Caribbean. Some in Australasia. We're all from different places. We all have different backgrounds. We were all born at different times under different things. But the reality is that we find ourselves together today serving the purposes of God in this generation. And that's something that was spoken over King David. Listen to these words, Acts 13, 36. It says, Now when David had served God's purposes in his own generation, he was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. When David had served God's purposes in his own generation. What a great obituary over a person's life. What a great testimony that at the end of a person's life they would look back and say he served for purposes of God in his own generation. David having understood that God had created him for a plan and a purpose. David who made many mistakes along the way but God restored him and created in him a clean heart as we've been praying this morning. David understood that he'd been placed in that moment of history and he served the purposes of God in his generation and the same can be true for us as well today that we can serve the purposes of God in our own generation. We're not to serve David's generation. We're not to serve a generation that's been and gone before. We're, we're, we're not looking to serve a future generation that will come one day if Jesus doesn't return. We're here to serve the purposes of God in this generation. And there's a reason why you're alive in 2023, because God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny over your life. Now the church which we know is not a building, right? We've graduated from that. The church is not a building. The church is not a Sunday morning event. The church are the people of God, you and I. We are on the earth to be connected to and working for God's purposes. And the truth is that your destiny and godly success collide and come together 
when we can recognize a moment, but also at the same time recognize our purpose within that moment. Look throughout the Bible and you'll see that to be true because the Bible is full of moments and examples of how God positions people for his purposes in key moments. Here's just a few. Esther. She's somebody that Pastor Andy spoke about in our Vision Sunday message, didn't she? Because that's where this phrase comes from for such a time as this. That her cousin Mordecai said, maybe, just maybe, you've been placed in the royal household for such a time as this as she risked her own life for the, for the freedom of the Jewish people. And you can read about her story some other time and see how that all unfolds. Joseph. Joseph was in the place God needed him to be, a place of authority at a moment of famine, a place where God in the, in the annals of history knew where he needed him to be, to be God's representative on the earth in that moment. And if you see Joseph's story, you'll see that him getting to that position, him getting to that moment was kind of strange and kind of not how we would plan it. That's somewhat of an understatement because on his journey, he was rejected. On his journey... He, he was sold into slavery. On his journey, he was falsely accused. On his journey, he was imprisoned. On his journey, he was forgotten about. On his journey, he had to wait for the promise of God, years for the promise of God to be fulfilled and outworked in his life. But he was where he needed to be, when he needed to be there, in order to carry out God's purpose of significance in that moment of history on the earth. Esther, Joseph, Moses. When God needed a deliverer, when God needed to set his people free from slavery and captivity in Egypt, he had a man named Moses who was positioned where he needed to be at the time God needed him to be there in order to bring salvation and freedom to the Israelite people. Daniel. Daniel was in a place of national leadership at a time when God needed him. He was positioned for God's purposes. Nehemiah. We're going to look at Nehemiah next week and God positioned him as the king's cupbearer at the time when he needed him to be there so that he would hear and be aware and receive favor in that key moment of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And so we could go on and on and on throughout the Bible. God positions people for his purposes in key moments. And so we come to this moment. 2023 because we can talk all we like to a blue in the face about the bible and this person and this character and that moment and even since the bible we look back over hundreds of years just been and gone and we say oh yeah th this person was raised up in this moment and god used this person and these group of people in this moment but what about this moment this kairos moment that we found ourselves in because last week we spoke about the time that we're in, that we need to understand the time, but we also need to understand that God, who is intentional and purpose-driven, has caused you to be alive in this moment, and he has positioned us in this moment on purpose for a purpose. Do we believe that this morning? Now, what are some of those purposes? Obviously, there's individual purposes that we're to outwalk, but let's look at some of those purposes this morning that God has placed us on the earth for. One of those is to be kingdom representatives. God has called us to be on the earth in this moment to be kingdom representatives. Colossians 1.13 tells us that in our salvation we were rescued out of the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We've been brought into the kingdom 
of God. And we've spoken many times in Family Church about what that kingdom looks like. But the question is, do we realize that we've been positioned on the earth for such a time as this, where God has placed you in the world that's unique to you, to be a kingdom representative in our workplace, in our streets, in our interaction with others, in the way that we do family and relationships. We represent a kingdom that is countercultural to the one that people know. Now, we touched upon this last week, that we are living in a time that is full of fear. Everywhere that you look, there is fear being given out. There is fear being peddled by the media. We live in a time of great fear, yet we represent a kingdom, the kingdom of God, that is one of peace and joy. Amen? We represent a world, or we live in a world, that is full of division and hatred and all sorts of isms. But we represent a kingdom that's characterized by unity and love, not division. We, we live in a world full of corruption and cheating and lies, but we represent a kingdom that stands for integrity and truth. And so we could go on. Part of your purpose on the earth right now is to make the kingdom of God known and to bring people into that kingdom. Here's another one. We're to be Christ's ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, So we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making his appeal for us, we as Christ's representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Now what do ambassadors do? Think about it for a moment. They represent the country they're from. They represent the kingdom that they are a part of. And we need to understand that as Christ's ambassadors, we represent and display another kingdom. We represent and display the gospel message. We don't represent and display anger and hatred and judgment and pushing people away. We represent a God that says there is a message of reconciliation that God wants to use his church to pronounce. That there is a God who has created people and there is a God who has forgiven people. The only difference between us and them is that we've accepted the forgiveness that he has given to all of humanity. We are to be Christ's ambassadors where he has placed us we're to make jesus known as his ambassadors as his kingdom representatives we're to make jesus known now notice i didn't say make jesus famous sometimes you you listen to people and they say oh my ministry or what what god's put me on the earth i'm going to make jesus famous and we sing songs about making jesus i think jesus is doing all right with that by himself right i think jesus doesn't need my help to make him famous i think he's doing kind of okay being probably easily the most well-known person in all of history i think he's doing okay and the reality is there are people around your life and the people surrounding this building and in this community today who know the name of jesus And they may be know of Jesus, but there's a big difference between knowing of somebody and knowing personally somebody. God has called us into places where he has placed us to be those kingdom representatives as Christ's ambassadors. We're to make Jesus known in the places where he has positioned us. To to do away with wrong teaching of who Jesus is. That many people think they know who Jesus is, but they don't know the real Jesus of the Gospels. And so we need to make Jesus known. And that doesn't always look like standing on a soapbox preaching the ABCs of the gospel. That looks like living a life, a kingdom life, that draws people to Jesus and opens up conversation about who he is. God has positioned you. 
I want you to think about this. This isn't just me preaching to us as a group this morning. God has positioned you individually. If we believe that God is a God of intention, there's a reason why you live on the street where you live. There's a reason why you're in that workplace. There's a reason why your kids go to the same school as other kids go to in that community. God has positioned us to make his son known. God has positioned us to bring him glory. Isaiah 43 verse 7 says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them. What does it say next? For my glory. It was I who created them. We've been made to bring God glory, right? The purpose of our life isn't to bring ourselves glory or for us to be well known. The purpose of our life doesn't orientate around money or fame or building something for ourselves. Not that money or fame are wrong if used in the correct way. But the ultimate purpose of our life is to bring God glory. Now I wonder when we wake up tomorrow morning, do we actually live in such a way that we think, you know, the purpose of my day today is to bring God glory in the way that I respond to people, in the way that I love people, in the way that I speak to people, in the way that I represent Jesus. The point of my life today is to bring God glory glory. I love the way that it's been put before. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Your ultimate purpose is to glorify God. God has positioned us in this moment to live lives that bring him glory. What else? God has positioned us to serve and to meet needs. Do we understand that where God has placed us? God has positioned us individually but also as a church community to serve and to meet needs. Galatians 5 verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. There are practical needs that Jesus has positioned us to serve and to meet where he has placed us, especially in these times of hardship that so many people in our nation are finding themselves in right now. And we do that as a church community through things like our feeding programs, through things um, like supporting young mums, through supporting families, through reaching out to those who are isolated in our community. That God has called us to meet practical and the emotional needs of people. But most importantly, we want to meet the spiritual needs of people. Amen. Because we don't want to be a church that just meets practical needs, though that's important, or just meets emotional needs. But we understand and fully recognize that the greatest need a person can have is not food in their fridge, but actually the, the understanding that they've been created by a Heavenly Father who wants a relationship with them, and He's made a way through the person of Jesus Christ. So we believe that God has positioned us individually, but also as a church community to serve and meet needs in this Kairos moment. What else? To destroy the works of the evil one. To destroy, to pull down, to ruin. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And then it says this, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of of the devil. Part of our purpose on a daily basis as the church, whether that's together or whether that's individually, is the same purpose that Jesus fulfilled when he walked the face of planet earth. To destroy the works of the evil one. You, you, know, you know, the works of Satan today are affecting so much. You look around at the world, it doesn't take you long to realize that his works are having an effect 
in terms of morality. They're having an effect physically, emotionally, spiritually. You, you look around the world and the moral fabric of a society crumbling due to the rise of pornography and sexualization of our young people is him at work. The spread of diseases that has an effect on the human body, physical body, is him at work. The teaching of false doctrine that's raising the fundamental truth of God's word is him at work. The snatching away of the, the word of God that's been sown into a person's life and the love of many people growing cold, which we've seen over the last few years, is him at work. And yet the church have been called to destroy and pull down and ruin his works. As we said last week, he's a defeated enemy. We're not to fear him. The Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. There's a lion of Judah. He's the only lion and his word is final. But the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, but he has no power. He's a defeated foe and we are victorious in Christ Jesus. We're not even to dabble with him. We're not even to debate with him because the Bible doesn't say have a chat with him. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from your life. So what are we called to do? We're called to enforce the victory of Jesus Christ, that Jesus has already won the victory. Too many Christians are trying to win a victory that's already been won. The, the victory has been won upon the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus has defeated sin. Jesus has defeated death. He has risen victorious and he is almighty God seated on the throne today. Amen? But as the body of Christ on this earth, we've been called to enforce that victory. Not through hatred, not through judgment, but through our prayers, through living a life that's different, through, through showing the message of the gospel to those around us. Every day you are positioned to strategically ruin, pull down and destroy the works of the evil one. Let's end with this one, George, you can come up. What's the purpose of God for us? To be used by God to bring healing and recovery to broken people. Luke 4 verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to sell at liberty, freedom, those who are being oppressed. This is Jesus unrolling the scroll in the temple and speaking over his life, what God's purpose was for his life on the earth. But that same spirit that was upon him is now within us for such a time as this. Do you know that as God's people, we have been anointed and appointed for this moment. This is a Kairos moment. And he's calling us to preach the message to the poor. Not, not if you're new to church, that's not talking about the financially hard up. That's talking about spiritually those who are poor. Because do you know what? You can be a multimillionaire and have nothing. You can be rich in accordance with the world and yet have absolutely nothing. Be the poorest man on earth because Jesus says, what does it profit to gain the whole world and yet lose your soul? We've been called to preach the gospel to those who are spiritually poor. We've been called to heal the brokenhearted. We don't heal anyone, but we, through the power of God, release God's power on the earth and see the brokenhearted restored. We have been called to help people be set free through the power of Almighty God. That is why you you are alive. This is a Kairos moment. 
We're not stepping into one. We're not looking down the tunnel thinking, oh, won't it be great one day when there's a... This is a Kairos moment. And we have positioned where we are for such a time as this. So that like King David, we would be able to say, I serve the purposes of God in my own generation. Okay, what's our response to all of this? Last week we asked the question, what is the time? Not in terms of Kronos, but in terms of Kairos. What is the time that we find ourselves in? And I said earlier, we answered that in different ways. But I want to add one to that today. Because alongside what we said last week, I also believe it's time to know our purpose. And it's time to roll up our sleeves and get busy with what God has placed us on the earth to do. Listen, God hasn't put you on planet earth just to watch time go by. Please know that you are not an accident, that you were meant to be, that God created you with a plan and a purpose and intention for your life. But it wasn't just for you to just watch the chronos of your life pass by until one day you retire and then you go to be with Him. He saved you for a purpose. There is a plan and a destiny upon your life. God has not given you breath for you to just do a nine to five mundane routine life and then watch TV on the weekends. God has not put you on the earth even just to have kids or make money. God God hasn't put you on the earth just to have fun and clock up experiences. Now, none of those things are in themselves wrong. God's good with you working. He's okay with that. Guess what? God invented work. Now, I know you don't feel like that on a Wednesday afternoon sometimes. You're thinking, really, God, you invented this? Now, we know that work was cursed by the fall. But God invented and created that satisfaction of, of success and a job well done in Him. So God's okay with careers. What I'm not saying this morning is God doesn't want you to have a career. No, no, no. God's not against that. God's not against you enjoying life and having fun. He's not a killjoy. Listen, he's the one who created real joy. Okay, you want to know about joy? He's the one who invented it. He's the one who created it. Not mere happiness that comes and goes, but joy that takes you through every single season. He's not against you having money, though he is against money having you. But here's the point that I'm making this morning. There is a bigger call on your life. Let me say something that I hope you've heard said before, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you've only heard people called out and they've said this phrase over other people, not you. There is a call upon your life to ministry. Now, sometimes you hear somebody say that to somebody else and what they're meaning is God's called you to be a pastor or God's called you to work for the church. And we use phrases like part-time ministry or if somebody's fully employed by the church, full-time ministry. Listen, all of that is nonsense. Every single one of you under the sound of my voice today has been called by God Almighty into full-time ministry. If we understand that ministry is not somebody standing on the stage preaching a message, ministry is doing what God has called you to do where he has placed you in this moment. All of us are called to to full-time ministry. We're all here to bring God glory. Every single one of us. We're all here to be Christ's ambassadors and representatives of his kingdom. We're all here to serve and meet need. We're all here to destroy the works of the evil one. And we're all here to be used by Jesus to bring healing and recovery to broken people. But it's about taking responsibility for what God has called you to do. 
You may have heard me speak this morning. You're thinking, do you know what? My life is busy enough as it is, thank you very much. I don't have time for this ministry nonsense that you're talking about. It's, it's not my problem. But just because something isn't your problem doesn't mean it's not your responsibility to live out the purpose of God that he has placed you on the earth to live out. What's our response to this moment? God is on the move. This is a Kairos moment. And I want to encourage you this morning, church, let's get into position for God to use us. Let's not wait another year. Let's not wait another moment. Let's not wait until we feel like it. Let's get in position for God to use us in season and out of season, that our hearts would be desiring to be used, knowing that God has placed us on the earth for such a time as this. Both together, as the family of God called Family Church Haven in this community where he's placed us, but also individually, in the world where he has placed you, that is unique to us. Let's get into position. Hearts that are ready to be used to serve the purposes of God in our own generation. Let's pray this morning. Just close our eyes. In fact, let's just stand to our feet in this moment if you can and if you will. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and active. Father, thank you for this Kairos moment that we know that we find ourselves in, in this moment in history. That you have placed us on the earth for such a time as this. And Heavenly Father, before we even respond to your word, I just want to speak your truth over every single individual in this place that they have been crafted by your hand. They have been made with intention. And I pull down every wrong notion, every bit of wrong thinking over every single person in this room. Listen, if somebody has told you that you were an accident, that you weren't meant to be, that there's no real reason why you're alive, if you maybe are here today and you are a result of rape or whatever it might be and you've just walked through life with that limp in your life feeling like you're not really meant to be that you'll try the best that you can to live a life of abundance but in the back of your mind you're continually thinking these thoughts about yourself I just rebuke those thoughts this morning and I just pray that freedom would come into your life the word of God says it's the truth that sets us free. We've presented the truth to you this morning. It's up to you whether you receive that in your heart today. But the Bible says that God has created you. He formed you in your mother's womb. There's an intentionality and a purpose to your life. All of your days were ordained before one of them even came to be. God loves you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for truth breaking through in people's lives that causes a change in their thinking. And Heavenly Father, in this moment, as we understand that you've called us for such a time as this, you've placed us on the earth with a plan and a purpose. Father, I pray that we would, as we said last week, realize it's a time to wake up. It's a time to be spiritually alert. It's a time to stop treading water and watch Kronos pass us by and realize that every day is a day that you have made. Every day is a day full of godly potential. Every day is a day where you have placed us on this earth to be your kingdom representatives and to see you 
your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray, use us today, Lord. Use us tomorrow, Lord. Use us Tuesday, Lord. Use us every day of this week. Use us every week of this month. Lord, every month of this year, every year of this decade. And Lord, use us every single moment that we have breath in our bodies. Lord, as we recognize this morning that every time there is breath and oxygen in our lungs, we will live for your purposes in our own generation until we see you face to face. So in this moment, just make a decision. No one's going to force you. No one's going to make you. But make a decision. Lord, tomorrow when I wake up, I want to live for your purposes. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, I want to live for your purposes. This afternoon when I go into a shop. This afternoon when I'm with my family. This afternoon, whatever I might be doing. I want to live for your purposes. Knowing that you have called us for such a time as this. If that's you, you say, I want to be used. Why don't you just put out your hands in front of you? Holy Spirit, would you just equip your people to be used in these coming seven days? Lord, for your glory. Lord, we, we want to have our eyes open this week. We want to have our blinkers off wherever we find ourselves, whatever conversations we find ourselves in. Lord, would you use us, we pray, for your glory. And Lord, we're expectant. The next time we gather together like this next Sunday morning, Lord, there's going to be this testimony here and this testimony here and, and this healing here and this answer to prayer here and this salvation here and this person being restored here, Lord. Only because we chose to be your vessels for such a time as this. In your mighty and precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give him praise this morning as a response to his word in our lives.